like he's Clive, man. <laughs> hey, what's up, Clive? I don't even feel like he smokes weed, man. I feel like Clive just smokes hash. That's all he smokes. It's like quality, top-notch hash. But he's man. got a friend named Otto. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he snorts shit that looks like diamonds, man. I bet he snorts them shiny diamonds like Dio's got, man. Yeah, there was two different covers, so I think there was the original one. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. Let's get into the episode first. Sorry. Yeah. Let's try to rewind for the people. Not really necessary. Excess. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. <clears throat> I got to get in the mode. Hold on. This is Trident vibes. Give me some gum shakerage. Okay. Nice. Sorry. Wait a minute. Let me smell the box real quick. Oh, man. I think I'd have to marry someone that smelled like that. Anyway, welcome back to Metal Nerdery. Uh, it is your three Metal Nerdery nerderers here. It is Billiam. What's up? It is Russell. Hey there. And it is Wheela. Hey! And today we're covering. I always feel like this is very impersonal. Should we like do some small talk first and then get into what we're covering today, or should we say here's what we're covering and then do the small talk? I don't want to. I don't want to pulp fictionize the the script of the show, so I kind of feel like maybe it's more like a. We don't really have a script. So okay. Hey, just... how's it going? How was your week, you guys? That was pretty good. Made it through another week. What about okay. you guys? He answered for me. Thank you. That sounds fake yeah. as shit, doesn't it? It works for everybody. All right, fuck all that. Anyway, so today we're getting into a critical album in metal. Critical. 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 The capital K for critical. The very first, the eponymous, the self-titled Iron Maiden. Yeah. The first album. The first Iron Maiden. Yeah, so this episode, which is number 86. Wow. A good year, by the way. Hail. It's a great year. It'll be on the 15th, and of course yesterday was the 14th, What, which was... Pre-tax day. day. Also Iron Maiden Day. That's right, Iron Maiden <laughs> Day. Maybe it's too premature. Iron Maiden Day Core? That, that's too... That's not even trying. We'll come back. That, that'll be Stop a bookmarker. We'll keep Iron Maiden Day Core as a bookmarker. <laughs> if we need it. I mean, if we need it, we've got a core for the show, but... Yeah, so Derek Riggs apparently like did some digitized crazy shit to modify the cover because there was the 1980 cover that we're all familiar with with Eddie. Looks like he's out of drugs or relaxers, as you might call them. And then the 1998 remaster has a little bit different version with like some red eyeballs, darker, probably skies. from some super relaxers. That's right. Much darker skies. It's a nighttime version, I guess. Yeah. Nighttime version. Yeah. Maiden. Iron Maiden After Dark. After yeah. Hi, this is Iron Maiden After Dark. I'm your host, Paula Diano. I went through a transition last year, <laughs> oh, no. and I'm singing for an Iron Maiden cover band now. But anyway, check us out on PaulaDiano.com slash Maiden. You just pissed off a lot. Uh, I think I don't think so. That was terrible. You think? <laughs> oh, Bill didn't edit it out. I think Paula Diano could be a pivotal character in the show. A pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. 
something about that record has a, and it's funny because I listened to it about three or four times in the last couple of days to prep for the show. It's got this f- weird character to it where it kind of pulls you in. It's like you listen to it. And it's like, wait, I remember that. You know how I think we talked about this like on puppets, like how, you know, if there's something that's art, you keep peeling away the layers and it's like you keep finding new shit every time you listen to it. Doesn't matter if you've heard it a million fu- Eruption, you can hear that a million and one fucking times and every goddamn time there's something new that you'll find. This album, the first time I made an album, is the same way. I listened to it three different times over the last 24 hours and each time it sounded different to me. How many other albums can you say that with? There's a handful. Yeah. But something about this one is just, it's got that quality to it. It was released on April 14, 1980, as Billiam said, or one of his tentacles said on his behalf. It was recorded at Kingsway Studio, London. It was produced by Will, with one L, Malone, (laughs) and mostly Iron Maiden, because eventually, apparently, Steve Harris figured out how to work around that dude, because apparently, I guess he was disengaged. Steve Harris is a blessing. Steve Harris is a blessing. Steve Harris is an icon. Is it too much to say iconic blessing? Yeah. No, it's that's for Steve Harris, it's fucking reasonable. Let's be honest. It's reasonable. Of course, this is part of the first two, which for any Iron Maiden fan, those first two albums are they're special and they're unique and they're kind of standalone. They're not really they're part of the catalog, but they're not what you when you think of Maiden and you think of Bruce and you think of your traditional mm-hmm. traditional Maiden. And I'm not shitting on those people who were like Diano Maiden, but there's something about those first two albums that were a different kind of magic. And this one definitely had it because this was kind of the beginning of like all that Nwabam shit coming to the this surface. This was part of it. Yeah. This yeah. was the, uh, the beginning. Yeah. Absolutely. Would you say this is like the Black Sabbath of Nwabam? Like the Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath? Yeah. Not Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath on the album Black Sabbath. Oh, too much Black Sabbath. Oh, so confused. It's too much Black Sabbath. I don't feel very good. I'm saying, <laughs> is this. It's like Iron Maiden's Exciter. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't there more? I mean, this is 1980. Wasn't there other, uh, like, when, when did Priest come out? Well, Priest was before Maiden. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, so and you was... could kind of hear that. Like, even like with some of, I think we listened to it in a prior episode, but Victim could, of Changes, there right. was even some of that influence in some of the Maiden stuff. <laughs> you could feel it. You could hear it. But Priest changed this was, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of went more with that metal sound right. in the later 70s. But Maiden kind of, they, they married up, they did a great job of combining punk, even though they fucking hated punk. They were so anti-fuck-you oh, yeah, they punk. punk. They kind of combined punk with almost like 70s prog rock, and they took it like a step further, because yeah. it, it had those different elements, and of course, side two, side two, quote, back in the day, gets more into the prog side of it, but it's like it had that punk kind of energy, but it also had like that thin Lizzy twin guitar, mm-hmm. you know, kind of more metal feel to it. Yeah. Recorded in 13 days. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? And now it's like, oh, we spent a million and a half dollars for Seven a year years. and a half session. Oh my God, I'm such an artist. I wear meat for clothing. Well, most people do. Well, I gotta yeah. say, the first two made albums were, uh, I won't by any means say my least favorite. They're my least uh, 
I didn't know anything to? about it. I just didn't listen, listen to them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, don't, I know the song Sanctuary. I so they're kind of song. dark horses for you. They are. In terms yeah. So of this, this episode is going to be great for me. Because, okay, cool. Um, you know, I, I picked up Maiden at Number of the Beast. And wrote it all the way out. I never went back and bought the first two albums. Oh, wow. I think in context, Bill, let me know if you agree with this. I think in context, Russell, I think you're going to actually kind of hear and see the progression. You'll be like, okay, I get it. Okay. It kind of all ties together. Because it's like you can sort of hear and see the evolution of their sound really through those first two records into Number of the Beast. Gotcha. So this is a good one yeah. to segue you segue with. I always like this one. Oh yeah, There's I always love the cover. I, I never bought it for whatever reason. It's not because I didn't want it. It just it, you got to buy it just for the cover, right? Yeah, that's why yeah. I, that I've seen that on the back. I am killers. Yeah. I've seen that on the back of so many blue jean jackets yeah. growing up. You know that, that big patch. That's one of those fucking covers, though, man. You look at it and it takes you to that point, mm-hmm. that dimension, whatever, right. whatever fucking realm that is. It takes you to that place. There's something about it that's completely different. Even Killers is like that, man. The first time I saw Killers, I was freaked out. I was a kid. I'm like. Dude, this guy just got murdered by a hatchet. There's blood coming off the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the yeah. album. How is that possible? I probably would have been a social justice warrior back in the day. What a pussy. Anyway. <laughs> All right. They charted well. Swedish albums in 1980, they were number 36. I don't know what, out of what, but even if it's 38, that's pretty good for a debut. Wow, it took five years to hit the UK charts. Oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. It says UK albums. It reached number four, 1980. 1980 and then 1985 OCC. I don't know what that is. I guess it got, it got a reboot. You know what? 85, was that the year Live After Death came out? I wonder if that kind yeah. of renewed interest yeah, probably. in that. Yeah. Think about that. Because whenever a band puts out a live album, it kind of... Oh shit! They've got other shit out. I got to go find all that. Yeah, boom! Project Band. That's how I get into that shit. I've said that before yeah, on the um, show. Project Band. Their the singles were Running Free and Sanctuary, right? Which, which they also had on a, which they also played on a lot of. But that, that's right? cool as yeah. But yeah. that's cool as shit that they actually went back and they that kind of renewed that interest and sort of resurged that album. Uh, oh my god, that was good. Bill, you're going to have to put like some bass in that so it sounds like one of those killer breakdowns and like all the new metal. A little bit of reverb in there. What can we call it? The new metal unblack metal core core? Burp? <laughs> yeah, burp core. That's burp easy. Core, Let's just do that. Core. Burp core. What would you say, Russell? I said belch core. Belch core? Like, yeah. That's more fancy. Burp core sounds kind of more gruff. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Cool. I think we might have had a backup core already in the mix there, so I might have overspoken. Iron Maiden at this time was Paul Diano on lead vocals, Steve Harris bass and backing vocals, Dave Murray on guitars, then a Stratton guitars and backing vocals, and Clive Burr on the drums. It would be the only album with Mr. Dennis Stratton. Right. The only. Bill, you'll be happy to know. Apparently he was a big fan of Kiss, I think. Maybe not. There was some mention I read somewhere earlier. They were worried he was going to make him sound too much like Kiss. Did he uh, retire after that or what? What did he do? I think there was a musical difference. Uh, Lionheart. He was in Lionheart and Praying Mantis. Oh, he's played a few tours with Paul Diano. Praying Mantis sounds like it'd be a killer name for a black metal band, doesn't it? Yeah. Can you see like the logo? Like it's actual Praying Mantis is like all. I don't know how Praying Mantis is made. 
do their mating call if it's or if it's something else. But y'all should see this. Really, we're gonna have videos soon, so just you yeah. wait. Yeah, we'll do a remix version of this when we hit two hundred episodes. <laughs> so it's gonna be hot. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Maybe I'll take my shirt off. I'll show my man Tetons. I'm not afraid. I'll sit here in my man bod all day. <laughs> all right, well, um, I guess technically this is a dad bod, right? Dad bod. Absolutely. It just means you're unhealthy and don't give a shit about yourself. Pretty right? much. Okay, cool. Got it. Rock it. Ladies, if you're interested, you can reach me at metalnerdery at gmail.com. Thank Word. you. Or you can look for us on the socials. I'll be posting topless pictures on Instagram, Metal Nerdery Podcast, <laughs> Facebook, Metal Nerdery Podcast. Fuck, I might even tw- I might even twit some topless pictures on Twitter. Metal Nerdery Podcast. I don't think anybody can take it. I don't know. I think at this point everybody's turned off the episode. Let's uh, let's move on. So let's, uh, let's digest. Let's digest a little bit. So it looks like the North American version on side two was. Was where Sanctuary was? Well, here's what's weird. So I've got the 1998 remastered version. Sanctuary was track. (coughs) In fact, I think there's a doc to go with the show. I think it was track dose. There it is. He's got it on the the wiki style there. So it was included. And it was funny because I was listening back to it and kind of comparing what it would be like jumping from Prowler straight to to Remember Tomorrow. Yeah. I almost think that's too much of a dip that early in the set because adding Sanctuary kind of keeps that energy up. So when you drop into Remember Tomorrow, you're kind of ready for that little progressive sort of lull before it builds back up to where it is, you know? Yeah. But it was funny listening to it with the knowledge that when it was originally released, Sanctuary was not track number two. It was Remember Tomorrow. Uh-huh. If you go from So you go from Prowler... To remember tomorrow versus Prowler to Sanctuary to remember tomorrow is very different, as you can see. Anyway, shall we get into tracks, gentlemen? Yes, Mr. Prowler. That's why. Mr. Prowler, indeed. Track Uno. I don't know why I love the production of the first one. Yeah, me too. It's just raw. It's kind of like, fuck you, let's go. It's It's, just got that certain feel to it. It's good. It it just, it brings you right back to when you were a kid. It's just, even when I first heard this, most of this I first heard on Love After Death. So that was my first exposure to like Phantom of the Opera and Iron Maiden. Me too, probably. Yeah. First time I'd heard it. Yeah. So now when I hear it, I hear it with that Love After Death thinking it's, cap it's on. It's so different though. It's it's a different vibe with yeah. Miano. It's totally different. Yeah. But that's what's cool about it is yeah. it keeps it. I still like it. It's good. Spe- it's unique in its own special way. That's badass. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Probably a little different than traditional rock in 1980. Quite a bit.
Definitely like a rush. Yeah. That's great. So, even though the production of the guitar is, I mean, it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. Steve Smith or Steve Smith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like from a, Smith, no, yeah. It's Smith. Totally Smith. American Dad. Steve Harris. Steve Harris's bass line or bass sound. Is like so clear yeah. and pristine. Yeah, it's very punchy. Yeah, yeah. and the guitar face. sound too is so so. Fucking it's good, killer. but it's it's compared it, to later Maiden guitar it's, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's but some something about the mix of that, the feel of that first record, even just that one song. Like it's just got a, it's got a seventies. It's got a darker. Yeah. Like it kind of has that darker seventies, almost yeah. prog rock kind of vibe yeah. to it. The feel to yeah. it. But it's also kind of got that that punchiness factor, which yeah. is really cool. I definitely heard some rush in there. That was yeah, a big time. I, yeah. I noticed as I was listening to it, I kept thinking the twenty one twelve over and over and over. It just yeah. the vibe of it was like twenty one twelve. It had that kind of progressive, <laughs> even the production quality in a way it was kind of sprawling. All right, so it was originally released. It went Prowler, Remember Tomorrow, Running Free, Phantom of the Opera. That's side one. The only difference is when it was re-released in 1998 with the remastered, it was Prowler, Sanctuary, Remember Tomorrow, Running Free, and Phantom of the Opera. Right, well, I have the 2015 remaster handy. Did it have the so Sanctuary on it? No, it's got, it did not. No. Okay. But we can listen to that in a few minutes. All right, then. So first, we're going to remember tomorrow as if it was yesterday. Right on. I'm down with that. This is awesome. Very proggy. Very rushy. Days and confused. Not Russian. Rushy. See what I did there? Like salmon, but not rushy. Rushy. Salmon. Salmon. No, salmon rushy, but salmon rushy. One's a color. One's a fish. That's true. Salmon and salmon. Dirty to law. Darker and proggier than the first one for sure. Oh, wow. 
most lonely boy. It, it's definitely weird to go from Prowler to that. Yeah. yeah. That's well, a that's strange why I dynamic. That, that's yeah. why I thought that with the release I had, the 98 one, where I went Prowler Sanctuary and that, it was kind of like, yeah, that was sense. a little bit more of a, right. let's coast a little and then we'll dip a little. Because I dig that tune, but it's like for a number two for track. Number two, it's, no, you got to get fired you up keep first. That, energy yeah. going. that should be probably four or five. Yeah, or I mean, four. I'd I mean, say that's yeah. a good track four. Yeah. I mean, I mean what the fuck? We need to. I'm just telling you how I see it, Billy. I'm not. I'm not trying to fight with you now. <laughs> I don't want to cause no ruckus. Oh, man, what the hell? Man? We need to go back and have a talk with him. I don't mean to cause no ruckus, you guys. <laughs> All right, track three. Okay, so now track three will be running free. Ironic, running one, running two, running free. This one number free. I cannot fucking listen to this without thinking about Bruce in my head. Yeah, me either. Like, I hear the love after death, because I heard that first, and it's like, yeah. every time I hear it now, I'm like, fuck! It almost sounded, to me, kind of like an Alice Cooper song a little bit. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Just Maybe it was the cadence of the way you were singing or something, yeah. but it kind of had an Alice Cooper kind of thing. Right. I can hear that. Early call, Alice Cooper. We'll call that the lover boy moment, because I remember when he did that on a prior episode, somehow, was it Anthrax, and somehow lover boy factored in, and it's like, Damn it, now I can never hear that song the same again. So now I'm going to be thinking Alice Cooper every time I hear Running Free. Uh, I mean, it's just a little. Just Maybe. A little. A little. You'll have to go back and cleanse yourself if, if with you, the Bruce version. and then If you think of it. Because right. it sounds completely different. Please, yeah. please say it if you think of it. Next one is The Fountain of the Opera. Which I think he's actually introduced it that way before. Paltiano, not Bruce Dickinson. I love this, one. this one's super proggy. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Mason. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this is a killer way to close outside one. Those lyrics. 
you're fascinating. I don't think we could play this song without playing that one part in the middle. Like oh. Right before the guitar solo where the bass kicks in and it's like the... Because I first heard that a lot after death and I was like, holy fucking shit, man. Because that That's a lot going on. You got bass doing that and you got guitars harmonizing over the bass doing that. I mean, imagine hearing that at 15 and you're like, what the... Fuck! <laughs> Let's see if I can get there. Can you get there, Billy? Yeah, you can. Don't you stray from the narrow way. Oh, yeah, I love this part. It will be hailed today, Murray. moment oh, yeah. on this album for sure and that kind of shows like where they were going in the future obviously yeah and of course that brings us to the end of side uno which in cassette and album world is where you would turn shit over and hit play again or drop the needle again if you had an a track it would find the best part of the song and they go click right in the middle of it. Thankfully, I did not have much 8-track exposure as a child. You know, the sound on an 8-track was amazing. I, I still have a Zenith 8-track oh. player. It's my really? dad's. Yeah, oh, it cool. still works. I still have Hold a bunch on. of 8-tracks. Was it warm? Yeah, man, it was totally warm. It was like vinyl. You could feel the grooves when you listened to it, man. But with 8-track, you could feel like the different tracks, bro. Come here, motherfucker. The <laughs> has got something to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's right. He's totally right. So, but they sound great. But, but yeah, in the middle of uh, Stairway to Heaven, right in the middle of the solo, leak. Motherfucker. It seems like I remember that eight tracks were very defaulty. Like they had a lot of problems and they kind of fucked up whenever they wanted to. And they're just like, eh, we're eight tracks. Sorry. It was just click, click right in the middle of the good parts. That was the biggest problem I found. Was it because it? You think it was malfunctional, like auto reverse gone wrong? No, it's of? just the way they work. Uh, they they don't play straight through. So if the song's longer than a certain amount of time, it I'll look it up to see what the time is. <laughs> if the song is <laughs> eight track primer, <laughs> uh, if you listen to track one on the eight track and then it goes to track two, it clicks. You'll hear this click. So you hear the click. Does it, it finish the song? Yeah, but if the song's longer than let's say six or seven minutes. It'll click in the middle of the song, and it has to continue on the next track. 
So it's like working the extra tracks to actually play that track. Right. It sounds, man, that sounds like math. Bill, make it stop. <laughs> All right. So now we're on side two, and Transylvania is the opener, which I think is a killer instrumental opener. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's visual to me, especially when you think of the next song. Music to this was very visual to me. Transylvania. That was a good one. Yeah, it goes into Strange World, which is, if you listen to them, I think they're, back in the day, you know how sometimes you'd have like songs that were kind of meant to be paired together? Oh, you yeah. know, kind of sure. like Live and Love and Maid and Heartbreaker, like they go together, you know? Right. It's like Transylvania and Strange World are kind of like Heartbreaker and Live and Love and Maid. They just are both of those together. They just go together. Because I feel like Transylvania is very visual and it makes you think of like vampires and castles and shit like that. And the strange world seems to almost sort of expand on that a little to tell you about what it's like to be a vampire. That's my take anyway. <laughs> you decide. It's very proggy too. It's like super 70s prog style, but darker. Strange world. <laughs> the treading wood. Hashtag A tracks. A track ASMR. Strange world, Iron Maiden ASMR. See also Metal Mercury ASMR. I just keep saying ASMR. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, ASMR. <laughs> SDF <-A> ASMR. Yeah, the 
vibe changes when the vocals kick in. other parts i think of that song that you know of course iron maiden was genius about that with multiple parts in the song but that one's almost more proggy even than like phantom of the opera so was sanctuary not released on the original uk version no it was a well it was a single and they re-released it on the 98 and i guess i guess in the north american version it looks like they released it on the the original after strange world inside too but what's interesting is the 1998 one i've got it's got Sanctuary. It's track number Dose, I believe. Yeah. I just thought it so was So it's weird. a different tracking altogether. I thought it was weird it wasn't on the UK version because I thought that was one of the biggest songs off that album. Well, it's funny because the UK version, the artwork apparently was very... It was killer. It was very killer and it was very offensive because it showed Eddie killing the Queen. Oh, boy. Which apparently didn't bother a lot of people or excite a lot of people. Anyway, I don't know, but... It was it was a single release only, and then they included it when they I did the you. remaster. Okay. Hail to the um, creator of Eddie. Yeah. Yes, we love Eddie. Actually, He's do, do we know guy. if Nico is like part time Eddie? Huh? I feel like Nico. I, mean, I feel like Nico McBrain is part time Eddie. What do you mean by that? Meaning, like he puts on the Eddie mask and he's Eddie. Why has he played drums while he's doing that? I mean, it's a theory. I don't know if it's true, but it's a theory. Mm. Or maybe it's Rod Smallwood. I don't know. I don't know. Could be Keith Moon. I don't know. I don't. Hey, man. <laughs> Keith Moon is Bill Hicks, dude. Don't fucking say that to me anymore, okay? We're not having this conversation here. Not at Metal Nerdery HQ, third floor HQ headquarters, Bill's under development. We're not having that conversation. But we will listen to Sanctuary. Sweet. After Charlotte, the Harlot and Iron Maiden. <sighs> oh, you're pointing at the... Uh... The holes go first, Russell. I always like that riff. It's just kind of almost like, what the fuck? Mr. Dave Murray wrote this song all by his lonesome. Yeah? Yes. Apparently it's based, it's based on a true story. Which, if we're being honest, not shocking. <laughs> I mean, really, is it that shocking? Really? You sold your ass for money? Really? Yeah, yeah really? Okay. Okay, every time I hear Iron Maiden, the, the 
I guess this is really Iron Maiden's Exciter, right? This is Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden on Iron Maiden. So this is basically Iron Maiden's Exciter, is okay. it not? Yes, okay. Okay, you'll say yes. That's Damn. cool. Okay. But <laughs> whenever I hear this, whenever I hear this, I fucking hear Love After Death. Even Do if you? I hear this version, really, it's I hear Love After Death. As a since we're doing album dive pluses, we'll call them plus size album dives, huh? Hashtag. Can we possibly maybe as a bonus at the end of the show have the live after death version of live? Good, and you don't say certain maiden. things. There are certain things. Okay, I won't. I'll be good. <laughs> Stop. But if you'll do it, it'd be awesome. Okay, so now we're at the last track of the self-titled the UK version. Of the self-titled Iron Maiden. It's the exciter of Iron Maiden. Can we just say it and just be done with it? That's a good song. It's not Exciter by Iron Maiden. It's 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 Iron Maiden's Exciter. It's Iron Maiden's tribute to Exciter. It's like Exciter on the album Exciter by Exciter. This is Iron Maiden on the album Iron Maiden by Iron, Iron Maiden. Maiden. You get it. Kind of like Black Sabbath on the album Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. How can you not hear that? They did a Montrose cover. Wow. They released that on the uh, on the 1995 issues. re-releases. Yeah. I got a bunch of those. I went like a yeah, binge at right. one point. And then place I got the fire about Ronnie Montrose. Montrose band. Uh, that was an on mic death metal burp, by the way. It's different than a regular on mic burp. It's blackened. Ooh yeah. Ooh, is it careful? Black and Death Metal Burp Core? Is that the new one? Black and Death Metal Burp Core? core. Fish Taco Core, dude. Black and Fish Taco Core. That's better. I like that. I prefer it. Bill's tentacles are working overtime over there. Sanctuary, right? I think he's going to play Sanctuary. I feel like he's going to do it like a ghost track. Like he's going to like sign off the show and he's going to do some weird strangely gay reference about Matt and he's going to actually play <laughs> some kind of sanctuary. Penis joke. Strangely, strangely gay? Strangely gay. Something. Maybe about tentacles. I don't know. Y'all don't know about the shit that goes on here. Bill's got like 28 different tentacles that are always going. You see like now he's got a tentacle actually in charge of scolding one of the other tentacles. And 
Oh my God! Hey, real quick, Bill, oh, if, if you could, if you could spare a minute, it looks like. Hey guys, this is Larry Giants Orange. Um, I got some new gum here. I got an endorsement from Trident's Vibes. Uh, it's tropical uh, beet flavor. Anyway, go check out Metal Nerdery. Go buy this shit at metalnerdery.com slash merch. All right, Sanctuary. I'm fucking Maiden. Go. That reminds me of Rocker. Play this on Love After Death too, right? On the video version, I believe. Yeah, it sounds like. I believe they did. Yeah, yeah. That's a much better second song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it it kept that energy going for me. It kind of okay. Well, here's a question. Track wise, Russell, would you change anything? Where would you put? Uh, well, tomorrow. Well, no. So the version I've got, it's it's Prowler, Sanctuary, and then the rest of it's fine. Remember tomorrow, and then. Yeah, that's that right guy there. right there. So that's the version I've got, which I think that's a good version, the 98 version, because Prowler and Sanctuary kind of keeps the energy up, and then Remember Tomorrow gets a little more proggy, and then, of course, it gets back into Running Free and Family of the Opera. It kind of gets into the layers, I guess, in the middle tracks. The Sanctuary seemed to keep the energy higher, whereas I think going straight from Prowler to Remember Tomorrow is a little too much. Yeah. Burning Ambition. Ooh. That was on the 95 reissue, which I think I had an opportunity to buy that CD at that time, but for whatever dumb reason, I decided not to. And now I feel like a retard because of it, you know, I can't help it. This is Burning Ambition. Jace. It's a nod for the billion. This was recorded when they made the first album. They just didn't release it. Is that yes, I believe so. I dig that. I like it's completely it. different. Yeah, I totally dig that. It's kind of happy compared to the rest of the album. Yeah. It's a little... I dig it. It's killer, but it's almost a little too happy for the rest of the record. Got a little bit of Almond Brothers feel in that or something. The music. Yeah, I kind of feel that a little bit. I like it, though. I think it's cool. I dig it, but it totally... That would have been like one of those, like, okay, this it doesn't fit. fit the rest yeah, of the album. It, it just does not fit at all. Drifter? That was on the Killers record, was it not? Well, maybe. Believe. I believe. It's a I capital B apostrophe leave. Yes, I think you're right. I mean, Pronounced yeah. like vols. Yes. It's not G. Stop. See, you said it. So now I can't play your song. <laughs> I thought it was something else. Well, I said, yeah, I said. You said if you be good. Things. A few things. <laughs> there's a few things you don't say. I let him into that. Too. <laughs> you did. I did. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. We are stupid. I, That's I why said we did the this. old trap. 
dove in head first. Uh, some What's Montrose you guys, there. Have you guys heard this one? I, I have fire. Not I've heard the Montrose version. I've not heard. Well, I have heard the Montrose version. I think. I don't think I've heard the. I don't think I've heard the Diano version. I feel like I've heard a Bruce version of this. Oh, Unless sorry. this is that. Suck up the fire. I made a nice lot. reissue. Mighty. Mighty. This sounds like you're saying mayhem, doesn't it? Got it. Fucking motorhead. Yeah, I was about man. to say the same damn thing. That's a motorhead song. Montrose had some rocking shit. There's a version of this with Bruce singing though that I think they released one of the later re-releases they did in '95. Mm. It was either Seventh Son or Somewhere in Time, and I think it was this was on there. I've got the fire, so it's the same song, but it's with Bruce singing, not with Paul singing. Weird. But that sounds like fucking motorhead. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah. But Montrose had a lot of songs with this kind of vibe. Yeah. The sped yeah. up rock yeah. stuff. Rock shit, yeah. yeah. Good old fashioned rock and roll. Which without we would not have Metal. No, we wouldn't have Sammy Hagar either. Not not Montrose. That Montrose. Yeah. That's how heredity goes. Billy. I'm looking for it. Hold okay. On. Settle the fuck down. It's just making sure you weren't punishing me for going where I shouldn't have gone. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I brought up, you know. Careful. Careful, Eugene. It's not like I brought up the struggle with it. Careful, Eugene. Sorry. Hashtag accidental blackout reference. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is that a new disapproval? Don't, <laughs> don't say it ain't going to happen, man. Time. Sorry, I got hard. It just it happens every oh, time. Hello. Whenever I hear it, every fucking time. Anything off Love After Death, it's like a Pavlovian response. It's like as soon as I hear it, boom, boner. It's a maiden boner. I, I can't. I don't get a boner, but 
I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Is this stepping too far? Maiden boner core? Is that fair? <laughs> is it too much? I mean, it's fitting, right? I mean, come on, live after death. Come on, yeah, maiden boner core. Who it's wouldn't be proud to have that tattooed on their balls? Maiden boner core. Really? I would even consider it, and I don't even fucking like tattoos. Not double dog dare you. Definitely I wouldn't balls. fucking do it, but I would. <laughs> I do it on my taint. <laughs> maiden taint boner core. There we go. Jesus Christ. It's a new core. I'm all over the fucking place. Anyway, thank you for listening. Happy anniversary to <laughs> the maiden matey. Yeah. Mind maiden. 41 powerful, powerful years. Hail to the Iron Maiden. Hail to the Steve Harris. The Bruce Dickinson, the Paul Diano, the Janet Gers, the Steve Ooh, Harris. I would like to see that show. To Nico McBrain, to Clive Burr, Clive. Did we, what, what drug do we determine Clive was best suited with? Coke or something different? <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder if Clive's like a PCP guy. I kind of feel like Clive's kind of <laughs> off the... I feel like he's off the reservation. Allegedly. Maybe he's a peyote guy. Allegedly. Maybe, uh, supposedly. <laughs> Maybe he likes... Start tagging. Maybe he likes cactus. Well, check the drug tracker, Russell. Jesus, I don't know what's going on. Maybe... Maybe he was doing PCP on the drug tracker in AE. I don't know. Could have been a straight edge guy. Maybe. I doubt it. Though. Auto. Maiden. Maiden, come on! I have erotic asphyxiation or something. No, I mean that's that's a way to jerk off. It's like the doom of jerking off, right? <laughs> Technically, because I mean, like if you die, it's it's the death metal. It's death metal masturbation. That's what autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> and the worst part about that is, if you die, you get caught like that. <laughs> that's horrible. And somebody's gonna find you like that, but they'll never forget you. They will never forget you ever. That's anyway, yeah. let's end on a dark note. How about that? Delta anyway, real, thank you, thank you for listening to us talk about the self-titled eponymous Iron Maiden album, the very first one, the one that got it all started. We will be in touch. We'll have more shit coming soon. Yeah. Thanks to Russell, to Billy, to Billy's Tentacles. We all wish you a good night, and thank you for listening to Bonner and supporting Metal. I'm not going to have the last word, am I? Nope. I know, because Bill's the producer. <laughs> Russell loves Capri Suns. Fucking good. I love the helmet. Sure, why not? Anyway, thank you for listening, and until the next. Until the next. Until the next. for that. Later. Bye-bye. COVID gasp. Hi, everybody. This is Gazer. The butler. <laughs> listening to Metal Nerdery. Go buy this shit at metalnerdery.com slash merch. I've got to go get merely some more pasta sauce. Mm. You can also go to metalnerdery.com slash episodes, a podcast, or whatever the fuck it's called today. Right. But now I've got to go write some songs and resurrect John Paul, George, and Ringo. Anyway. I think it's the nuts in my mouth that made me forget. Mm. Does not fit at all. Mm. Fucking yeah. wore it the fuck out. And it's just the balls, man. It's a mouthful, but it's nice. His dick is just too big for me to not sit back comfortably. <laughs> Strangely gay reference about Matt. Does not fit at all.